Hey, good evening, ladies. Hasn't this been fun? I'm excited to share with you this evening. It's one of my very favorite topics, and that is staying excited and joyful in our marriages. I chose the verse from Proverbs 31, speaking of a really great wife. It says, she brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. This is going to be a fun session, I hope, to get us more honed in to giving out grace to our spouse. A good definition of grace is unmerited or unearned favor. And I want you to think of wedding favors or birthday party favors, something not earned, a lovely, fun token or gift. And it is so fun to get good at this, and it reaps such joy and fun in your relationship. And I would say, almost surely, your guy will pick up on it and grow too. Grace, this unearned joyful favor, is not the same as mercy, and it's not forgiveness. You've heard the definition that mercy is not getting a deserved punishment. And we all know what forgiveness is, pardoning a person and starting fresh after a wrong has been done. These do come into play in marriage. And some marriages have very serious issues going on that require mercy, forgiveness, counseling, boundaries, serious actions, etc. Thankfully, God can heal and even remake some marriages when proper steps are taken. But tonight, I want us to consider how to take a possibly new and fun and rewarding turn in our marriages by becoming more proficient in grace, unearned favor. You know, after the huge focus on the wedding and with the passage of time and maybe some children on the scene, stuff can start changing. Hurts, resentment, keeping score can start, and we can feel totally justified in it. Bitterness, criticism, and belittling our husband can take root, and so much joy and fun is lost. We can get sloppy with this most precious of relationships. Things we were doing for each other while courting seem like ancient history. So we're going to have some fun with the acronym of GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, for the next few minutes. Okay, first is G. And I'm going to say triple G. Get geared to grow. Express to the Lord that you are willing to learn and grow in this area just for the sake of blessing this guy who is supposedly the most important person whom you love the most. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you notice things in your spouse and in yourself and give you prompts for neat actions or change of attitude on your part, your growth. R, the letter R is for research your guy. And I'm going to emphasize research your guy. He's a unique individual. Do you know some basic things like whether he's an introvert or extrovert? You know, there's some really interesting tools out today like the Enneagram or Strengths Finder. But a couple of the best tools I've known are two books by Christian authors. The first is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Many of you have heard or read this. It's been around a long time. might be worth rereading. 
It helps you hone in on your guy's top one or two love languages, and that is the way they feel love the most. They feel it the best. These five are words of encouragement, physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts, and the fifth is quality time. And it's awfully good to realize which are your top one or two also, so you're not always trying to speak your language into him. We can imagine that he must love the same things as you because they're so good. And we can start piling that on and then get discouraged if he doesn't respond. It's so funny. Pretty early on in our relationship, I discovered that Ricky is the biggest gift giver, one of them on the planet. I actually married Santa Claus. And I was so early in our marriage, and I, I had to come to grips with this. It wasn't that he was spending recklessly, but it was something I wasn't used to. So the Lord really touched me on the shoulder and helped me realize, hey, let this be. It's a good thing. I happened to be the main recipient of the most of it at first, but it was different that, than how I was brought up. And so that was, I was very stoked that the Lord personally nudged me and said, hey, let this happen. It's been such a great thing. The second book that is so insightful and fun to read is called For Women Only by Shanti Feldhahn. And this one helps you recognize the very cool way God has built men in the way they look at things, feel things, etc. These 10 main things the author highlights, they grow across age, nationality, even different religions. For instance, the value men put on our respecting them versus just affection. It's huge, absolutely huge. And that respect plays out, these are very practical, not critiquing them every 10 minutes, especially if they're stepping out and trying, for example, to fix something rather than call a handyman, not always directing them as they drive or critiquing how they did the dishes, simple things like that. Another big one is how heavily they feel the burden to provide for you and the family. This can look to you like he just wants to work all the time. He doesn't want to spend that much time with me. Working overtime. So that's a really important one. This is the list of items in her book. How I woke up to what I didn't know about men. Second, your love is not enough. Why your respect means more to him than even your affection. The third, the performance of a lifetime. If highlighting sometimes their insecurities with providing well. Fourth, the thinker, when checking out, is actually checking in how men and women, women have many wheels running in our mind at once, while as men tend to only be able to focus on one. Um, the loneliest burden, again, how to provide for you. Number six, sex changes everything. Why sex unlocks a man's emotions. In parentheses, it says, and guess who holds the key? Number seven, keeper of the photo files. Why it's so difficult for him not to look? And then chocolate flowers. Why the reluctant Romeo you know really does want romance? And the way that sometimes they may fumble in their attempts and how we totally need to encourage them 
Number nine, the truth about taking care of ourselves is important to our mate. And then words for your heart, what your man most wishes you knew about him. So that is really a a neat book for you guys to read. We'd been married almost 40 years when Ricky read these. I'd used them for a while, and we were going to do some pre-marriage counseling with a couple. So we've been married like 37 years, and as he read them, he started to ask me, do you really think like this on a certain thing? And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> so it was really super fun. Something that is really cool eventually is to each read a chapter of your own book and underline the parts that especially speak to you, but not everything, and then swap books. It's very insightful. However, this is not a project that you announce you two are doing. You will undertake to grow yourself and eventually see if this is a fun and positive thing you'd both like to do. We had a good time with that. Okay, moving on, the letter A. A is for acknowledge and accept that each of us is unique and in need of growth and grace. Ask the Lord to give you more insight into your own makeup. These books can really help in that area. A young gal who I mentored some on the mainland, she poo-pooed her husband bringing her flowers when what she really wanted him to do was to wash her car, an act of service. And she looked at this bouquet as just a waste. Well, you can imagine her need to grow in that area. Number C, or letter C, is cheerfully. C, cheer. Cheerfully start doling it out. As you learn more about your guy and humbly want to get better loving him, it's fun to start doling stuff out without fanfare and like being on a secret mission. This is not to start a scorecard. It's to be freely giving favors. And the cycle of joy this can start is pretty amazing. Here's a few down-to-earth examples. You come home and tell him you've started taking pickleball lessons because you know he loves it, and you'd love to start playing it too. That would be quality time after he gets up from the floor. (laughs) You want to spend more quality time. Here's another. You leave an unexpected note thanking him for a couple things he's done recently and something you love about him. That's words of encouragement. Here's one. You surprise him with a very special kiss out of the blue. That's a physical touch. Then he walks out to a clean car one morning, which he just hasn't had time to do. Acts of service. Or he finds a cool little present in an unexpected place and not on his birthday. That's gift giving. Okay, the letter E, our last letter stands for enjoy. Enjoy this new page in your marriage. Most of the time, your husband will grow better at it too, in response to this newfound fun favor he's experiencing. But even if that doesn't happen or doesn't happen for a while, God will bless you. It feels good to put scorekeeping and resentment aside. It feels good to know that you can bless his socks off because you know his uniqueness better. It feels good to give out fun, lovely favor. 
So we can have fun looking at ourselves as grace shakers, not salt shakers. Salt is bitter, can sting. Luke 6.38 says, give, and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God blesses you abundantly as you become willing to grow in this. Then we have fun sprinkling grace from our full hearts over our husbands and the rest of the family. You know, Ricky and I have been married 50 years, and it has been good. I spelled that G-O-O-O-O-O-O-D. We've learned and grown, and it's been so good. After our future son-in-law, Dane, had known us just a few months, he mentioned one night that Ricky and I were so nice to each other. It really struck him. And I have to say, that was just about the best compliment I ever received. Constant little favors and grace that had just become habit with us. So I encourage you tonight, gals, to look this over, ask the Lord for insight, read or review those helpful books, and joyfully start shaking out the grace become grace shakers. You will not regret it. Thank you.